This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Why do young lovers find it so tempting to drive to an isolated place to be alone? Well, the answer is obvious, but surely there are other places to accomplish fulfilling the desires of young love. Picture this. You take this hot young friend of yours down a long back road. The stars are shining, the crickets are chirping, and there's no one else around for miles. Or is there? It doesn't take long until you are in the heat of the moment when you forget to be aware of your surroundings. Someone may be watching you from the forest around you or peeking in through the fogged windows of your car while you are completely lost in the passionate moment. That could all end abruptly when you hear a scraping on the roof of your car or the bleeding of a goat nearby. Surely you don't want to be caught by a monster with your pants down. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing the Goat Man. Is he a vengeful spirit or a science experiment gone completely wrong? This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Warning, this episode contains depictions of animal harm. It's 1986. Everyone's hair is big and our clothes are neon and loud. It was a fun period in life, or it would have been. My parents were devout church-going Christians. I am not against Christianity, but being raised in a home where almost everything that other kids were doing was forbidden was not easy. As I understand, the church has come a long way since then, but when I was a kid, it was rough. I was 14 when Justin Collins' family joined our church. He was a year younger than me, but he was much more worldly. Maybe it was just puberty that made the difference. I know one thing. For me, it was love at first sight. I know, that is an old way of thinking, but remember that it was the 80s. He was blonde and had those big blue eyes. Every girl in the church was captivated by him. I got lucky, or at least I thought it was luck. He took interest in me. 
not the other girls. Maybe because at the time I was the oldest in our group. I didn't care why. This boy with the big gorgeous eyes liked me. We started talking on the phone every night. We would be on the phone for hours until my mom would come in and make me go to bed. I guess his parents didn't have rules as strict as mine did because I was always the first to have to hang up. It's crazy because at 14 I was completely smitten. I was already planning my whole life with this boy that I had just met. I guess you can chalk that up to the ignorance of youth. We had only been dating a few weeks when, for whatever reasons, my parents decided to change churches. I was born and raised in that church, but suddenly I met a boy and my parents decide it's time to change. We joined a little country church in the next town. It was a nice change, but I was not happy. They had totally complicated my love life. Justin and I continued to stay in touch. We talked on the phone every night and even made plans to sneak out and meet. Plans that never actually happened. We had met initially at the end of summer, and it was fall by the time we got to spend some time together again. For Halloween, our church, like most, had a fall festival in lieu of celebrating a pagan holiday like Halloween. We were allowed to dress up in costume if it was nothing that offended our Christian beliefs. Being 14, I chose not to dress up at all, but I did invite my boyfriend to join the festivities. I mean, who wants to dress up anyways when you take all the fun out of it? I didn't really care, though. All I could think about was this one evening when I would finally get to be with Justin. His parents dropped him off in front of the church shortly before dark the evening of the festival. He was so smooth and confident, which only made me feel more insecure and nervous. I was such a novice at love at 14. He was a complete gentleman, though. He introduced himself to my friends and each time would look over at me with a big, gorgeous smile. I had no idea back then that I was getting played. Now this may seem silly to some, but it was a monumental moment in my young life. Later in the evening, just after dark, Justin finally managed to get me alone. We were standing there on the sidewalk out beside the church when he leaned in to kiss me. I panicked. I had never been kissed before. I dodged. He tried several more times and I just laughed and kept dodging. Honestly, if I could go back in time, I would have just laid one on him, but I was young and naive. Luckily, I didn't totally screw up the opportunity because there was a hayride planned that I thought would be a perfect setting for my first kiss. Well, I was totally wrong. There were so many little kids on that hayride that anything past holding hands was impossible. The hayride, though not productive for my love life, would forever make a permanent mark in my memory. The plan was to take the same path that they took every year. We would leave the main road and traverse through the many back rocky roads to put a little scare into everyone involved. I guess this was their way to hang on to the Halloween, but not-so-Halloween scare. We had turned down a dark old country road when the trailer got stuck. Everyone was a little shook and the little ones were whining. 
We were all just sitting there waiting on the adults to figure out how to get us moving again when suddenly we heard what sounded like a goat. It began from the west side of the forest, but after a few bleats, it gradually moved to the east side as well. There was bleeding coming from all around us. We were terrified. The setting was perfect, and at one point I thought maybe this was part of the hayride. Maybe this was a plan by the adults to scare us. Just as I was starting to feel like we were being deliberately tricked, I got hit right against my temple with a rock. It hit me so hard that it left a cut deep enough for blood to run down my cheek. At that moment, I realized that this was something else. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The Goat Man is a humanoid cryptid, most associated with Louisiana, Maryland, and Texas. The scary tales of a creature who is half man and half goat have long haunted the state of Maryland in America. Older generations passed the eerie stories of a devilish goat man to their younger generations, which is why the authenticity of Maryland's goat man is often questioned. Residents of Maryland claim that the goat man would mostly show itself in Bowie, a city in Maryland. The human-like hairy creature carried an axe with him to kill animals and humans. Many people claim to have seen the vicious creature. 
There is little evidence, however, that proves the existence of the Goat Man. There are numerous myths and stories about the Goat Man that Marylanders swear by. Nevertheless, the legend of the Goat Man is still surrounded by uncertainty, which makes this century-old case an unsolved mystery. The accounts vary, but most descriptions of the Goat Man say that it is a humanoid with a relatively human face and a body covered in hair. Other descriptions state that the Goat Man resembles the fawns of Greek mythology, with the upper body of a human and the lower body being that of a goat. Some say that the creature is between 4 to 12 feet tall, with most accounts placing a Goat Man sighting at about 6 to 8 feet tall. When riled up, the goat man makes a high-pitched squealing sound. Stories have been told that the goat man makes his home somewhere in the forested northwest region of Prince George's County, close to Bowie living in a makeshift shelter. From time to time, the goat man comes out to kill a stray dog or beat on random cars with an axe. Many people who claim to have seen the goat man state that the creature squeaks noisily moves sneakily, and lurks in the night. The goat man was caught on camera once, which if the image is accurate, confirms its appearance as described by those who have passed down its story. One variation to the birth of this legend is that a genetic scientist at the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center was experimenting on animal DNA. The scientist brought a goat into his lab to test his theories. Unfortunately, the scientist's uncalculated risk of sequencing and injecting a human gene into the goat's DNA had a disastrous result. A ferocious, human-like, beastly creature was birthed who was a potential threat to mankind. The creature ran away from the laboratory, hiding in the woods of Maryland. It later gained notoriety when residents saw him and started being known as the Goat Man. In another version of the tale, the goat man was described as a lecherous beast who preyed on women and couples. The beast would hide in the darkness of the woods until a couple would indulge in making love. He would then attack the couple, dragging the man and the woman into the woods so no one could hear them. The goat man would rip the man to pieces while forming illicit acts with the woman and eventually killing her afterward. Another variation to the legend is that an angry goat herder went crazy after discovering that some teens had killed his goats. Barry Pearson, a folklorist from the University of Maryland, says the goat man legend began long ago. The first reports for the Maryland goat man began in August 1957 in Upper Prince George's County. A young couple were spending an evening at a popular lover's makeout spot just off the road at dusk. Pearson said that they were interrupted by a loud banging on their car hood. The couple looked up to see a large, hairy-horned beast wielding a double-bladed axe. The creature ran into the woods shortly after. A few nights later, another couple living nearby reported seeing a hairy wild man rummaging through their trash. The fire department and local hunters organized a search for this mysterious creature to no avail. More sightings would come in in the following weeks, but eventually the authorities would declare it all a hoax. Some few years later, another young couple in their car near Zug Road in Huntington 
would report having seen the similar creature staring at them from the woods. The creature was described as being a tall, ragged animal with human features. The Goatman legend would continue through the 1960s, teenagers being warned against parking in the woods at night lest they have an encounter with an axe-wielding Goatman. Sightings and claims of encounters would continue. The Goatman would begin to gain popularity in 1971. More accurately, the first story to feature the Goatman was on October 27, 1971, in the Bowie area of Prince George's County News. An article written by Karen Hostler used information found in the University of Maryland Folklore Archives that mentioned Goatman and some ghost stories centered around Fletchertown Road. Later, Karen Hostler would write another article titled, Residents Fear Goatman Lives, Dog Found Decapitated in Old Bowie. This article would relate the story of a family searching for their missing puppy, Ginger. Unfortunately, Ginger would be found days later near Fletchertown Road, decapitated. This episode of Freaky Folklore is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check them out at betterhelp.com forward slash freaky folklore. The best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. You saw this one coming. We get annual checkups and go to the gym to maintain physical wellness and prevent injury and disease. We do chores regularly, some of us anyway, to avoid a giant mess of a house and roaches. Going to therapy is like all of these. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Freaky Folklore listeners get 10% off of their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Freaky Folklore. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Freaky Folklore. The legend of the Goatman has become very widespread through the U.S., reaching several states that all claim some variation of the Goatman legend. Texas, Kentucky, and Louisiana are not the only states with a Goatman story. Proctor Valley, which is a region in California near San Diego, also has their version of Goatman. They call it the Proctor Valley Monster, and its half-humanoid, half-beast appearance keeps the whole county on its toes. Much of the stories are the same as everywhere else, with the creature taking a specific liking to young couples, but one man's search took it a bit further. The man discovered that a nearby tribe of Native Americans had a very similar creature in its mythology, stating that the monster guards the burial grounds. It's fascinating to see how much ancient culture bled into ours and how we adapted things like the Proctor Valley Goatman. There are many versions of how the Goatman came into existence and started haunting and hunting people. 
A few believe that the Goatman is the descendant of the Greek mythological character known as Satyr. The Fawn was notorious for having a high sex drive that he often abused, molesting Greek nymphs. Some believe that the Goatman was a demonic entity that was summoned by a witch. In 1960, a group of 14 hikers went on a hiking trip to the mountainous area of Louisville, Kentucky. After a few hours of hiking, the hikers faced a devilish goat-like man. The Goatman aggressively attacked the 14 men before they could do anything to defend themselves. Only one hiker remained untouched and unharmed by the Goatman. He claimed that the Goatman gave off demonic energy and looked unearthly. He said that it had ripped his 13 friends to shreds in the blink of an eye and then ran away back into the woods. In 1963, there was an account of a woman and her husband that went for a walk in a woody area in Huntington. The couple heard crackling sounds. However, they ignored them. A few moments later, the woman claimed to have seen the most terrifying creature she had ever seen in her life. She saw what looked like a half-man, half-goat. In this account, the goat-man ran away rather than attack. In 1971, a similar case was heard in Huntington when a farmer saw a goat-like man devouring a pig. He got a closer look to confirm what he was seeing was real. The goat noticed him and dashed into the woods. In September of 1976, the staff of Woodmore Country Club noticed a beast outside their country club in Woodmore, Maryland. One of the staff members tried to cast him away from the club when he observed that the creature was much more than just a beast. The sturdy animal was instead a goat man, whose folklore has been famous all around Maryland. The staff claimed that there were bones scattered all around him. They then ran into a safe room of the country club and waited for the goat man to go away. The latest sighting of the goat man was in 2007. The mystery behind the goat man intrigues many of us to this date. Some believe that the stories hold substance, while others don't take them seriously. In July of 1969 in Lake Worth, Texas, people began to believe in and report some half-goat, half-man creature with fur and scales. This goat man has been known to jump on cars denting them. A Tommy Burson reported that this Goatman cryptid jumped on his car after leaping from a tree and causing an 18-inch long scar on the side of the vehicle. Burson uses this scar as proof of his story, and the local police investigated the matter. One unique backstory for this horrifying creature ties it together with the Native American legend regarding skinwalkers. To some Native American cultures, a skinwalker was the most monstrous of individuals. They were witches who usually would kill a member of their own family to become a skinwalker. These creatures could transform themselves into animals, as well as cause general destruction wherever they went. With its frightening half-man, half-goat features, it's been suggested that the goat man and the skinwalkers are one and the same. One of the more straightforward origin stories for the goat man legend in Texas is one of the most disturbing. It is said that back in the 1800s, there was a quiet village like any other, though there was one resident everyone stayed away from. His name was Jack, Goatman Kendall, and he owned and sold goats. 
He was reported to have a stench about him so strong that anyone who would approach him would immediately want to throw up. He only wore goat skins and spent all his time around his livestock. The truly disturbing part of this story is how it was believed that Kendall had unnatural relations with his goats. And because of that, he created mutant half-human, half-goat hybrids that still roam the earth to this day. When the townsfolk found out about them, they murdered Jack. The offspring, angry about their father's murder, now kills humans that they come across. As terrifying as the goat man is, you will not find a lot about this monster in pop culture. There is a recording online of a guy named Jimmy Tupper, drunk and abandoned by his friends in the woods, who claims a monster that appeared to be half man, half goat attacked him. No one believed his story, and he refused to leave the woods until he could prove his story was true. If you are looking for more information on the goat man, you can also find a documentary titled Legend of the Goat Man, Horrifying Monsters, Cryptids, and Ghosts. It was directed and produced by William Burke in 2013. The film has several accounts of people who have claimed to encounter the goat man, some of these stories are truly chilling. The Goat Man, like Bigfoot, is an urban legend that many believe and just as many more think it is just a story to scare kids or tourists. But every myth, legend, or mystery had a true beginning somewhere. When I realized that there was actual blood running down my cheek, I reached for Justin's hand. He had been sitting next to me the whole time, trying to answer a hundred questions that the preschoolers had been asking him. When I grabbed his hand, I gained his full attention. He looked over at me and was just about to yell for help when another rock contacted the top of his head. This one was bigger and not only left a gash in his scalp, but knocked him completely out. Suddenly, it felt like the whole forest was firing rocks at our little trailer. Kids were screaming and crying, and they ducked for cover. It seemed like this attack lasted forever, but it was over in a matter of seconds. The adults in charge managed to get the trailer unstuck and pulled us back to the church at a much faster pace than we had left. When everyone was finally safely in the main hall, we evaluated injuries. There were numerous bumps and scrapes, Justin had finally woken up and his head had been bandaged. His parents at some point had been called and were on their way. All the kids were just sitting there, stupefied, trying to figure out what had happened when one of the preschoolers blurted out, It was the goat man! We thought he was just being silly, but he was so worked up. He claimed that he had seen a man with a head like a goat throwing rocks from the forest. Of course, his story was dismissed. Justin's parents arrived to pick him up. They felt so bad that our evening had been ruined that they offered to give me a ride home too. Apparently the knock in the head was not enough to completely deter this young pubescent boy from his goals because he suggested that we ride in the back of his dad's truck. It turned out to be a very pleasant ride. It was a rather warm fall evening and we were finally alone. I had lost the fear from earlier as my maternal caring instincts had kicked in. Leaning up against the cab of his dad's truck, I felt like I literally melted into Justin's side. 
We stayed that way until we reached my house. Just as I was climbing out of the truck, he grabbed my hand and turned me around. At that moment, everything seemed like a dream as he leaned in and I got my first kiss. Still in a dreamy state of euphoria, I jumped out of the truck bed and headed for the house. This should have been the most memorable night of my young life because of that kiss, but sadly, that is not the case. Just as I made it to the front door, I heard a god-awful sound. It sounded like a goat, but not like you would imagine. It sounded like the poor thing was getting twisted up in one of those clothes ringers that you would see at the local laundromat. The fear I had felt earlier while on the hayride immediately returned and consumed me. I barreled through the front door and slammed it shut. Had this thing that the little boy saw followed me home? My mom and dad were not home yet. They were probably still at the church cleaning up. I thought to myself that I was being silly, still feeling the aftershocks of the earlier scare. I couldn't shake the feeling though. As I walked through the house, I made sure to turn on every light. I was not used to being in the house alone. The house was unusually quiet, without the sounds of my family. I turned on the TV to help fill the void. Everyone else should be home any minute, surely. I was just about to curl up on the couch to wait for my family, when suddenly I realized my dog Curly had not greeted me like he usually did. Worried, I made my way to the patio door in the back of the house, thinking maybe he had gotten left outside. I slid the heavy door open and peered outside. The patio light was only bright enough to light up the concreted patio, but not the rest of the yard. I looked around and caught sight of Curly's tiny body lying right next to the edge of the patio. Curly was a Jack Russell Terrier. He rarely napped and never failed to greet anyone. My stomach turned with dread as I hesitantly made my way across the patio while calling to him. He never budged. I stopped just a few inches from his tiny little body. Squatting down, I reached out to nudge him to see if maybe he was just sleeping, but as his little body wiggled beneath my hand, I watched horrified as his head rolled across the grass away from his body. Frozen in shock, I stared at this tiny little member of our family, wondering how on earth this could have happened to him. My eyes were filling with tears as I stood and stumbled my way back to the door. I had to call my parents. I was not equipped to deal with this on my own. I was fumbling the handle as I was trying to get through the door when something breezed past my head and slammed against the outside wall of the house. Holding my breath, I looked to see what had made the sound. Buried an inch deep into the wall, right next to the door, was an axe. For a moment I thought irrationally maybe my dad had left it there, but then I began to realize that the axe tip was covered in blood. Every circuit in my body began to fire off an alarm. I knew then that I was not alone. I could have turned around, but on instinct, I ran. I made it through the door and slammed it shut. I stumbled in the kitchen and fell to my knees on the floor. I was too scared to cry, and my knees hurt so bad I was having trouble standing up. 
I rolled over to a sitting position on the floor, trying to get control of my emotions and my body, when a movement at the patio door caught my eye. Looking up, I was instantly paralyzed with fear. There was a creature staring down at me through the glass that could have come straight from a nightmare. It had a face like a goat, but its mouth was snarled bearing yellow teeth and its eyes were a bright red. Where its neck began, its body became strikingly human, except the torso was extremely hairy all the way down to the hips. At the hips, its legs were curved out like a goat, except the muscled thighs were large and covered in thick fur. From this point, I couldn't see its feet, but could only imagine the large black hooves that this beast had to be standing on. I don't know how long I had been screaming when I found myself curled into the corner of the kitchen cabinets. I must have crawled backwards crab-like because I never took my eyes off this monster. It just stood there, staring down at me, with the breath from its nostrils creating foggy patterns on the patio door. I was petrified and could only watch as it raised its very human arm wielding the axe and swung at the glass. The glass shattered into hundreds of tiny sharp pieces and rained down all around me. I covered my face, either from fear of being cut or just from complete terror, but an instant later I felt this creature's large hand wrap around my wrist and begin to pull me up off the floor. As I slowly was pulled into its embrace, light swept across the kitchen as my parents pulled into the driveway. The beast was startled but paused and stared into my eyes before releasing an angry snort and harshly dropping me like a rag doll to the floor. A girl should have fond memories of the night of her very first kiss, but instead I have a nightmare to relive for the rest of my life. I will never forget the look in its eyes and never stop expecting it to come back. I know that it had plans for me and we have unfinished business. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other shows featuring terrifying tales, such as the Unexplained Encounters podcast, which has over 300 episodes showcasing allegedly true scary stories from around the world. If you love the supernatural and you love to feel scared, the Unexplained Encounters podcast is the show for you. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next time as Freaky Folklore explores the disturbing mystery of the Dyatlov Pass incident. Was it a freak accident? Or was something more sinister at play when nine young Soviet hikers died under mysterious circumstances? Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. Ah!
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.